Welcome everyone to the podcast, Soccer is Life. This is Karim. Welcome everybody, this is Axel. Let's go. Yeah, so uh, on this episode we're mainly going to talk, not a lot of games happened last week, only, you know, FA Cup, Premier League, not many exciting games, maybe only Tottenham and, and Man U. Yeah, Chelsea, uh, Southampton, yeah, I guess that's the theme, like, games happen obviously, but not, not all that exciting, and you know, I, I guess this week we're just going to do it more theme-based rather than actually analyzing yeah like it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be a reflection on how to, how every team looks at the end of the season and mm-hmm. what are we expecting for next season all right man let's go let's go all right so uh, first game was uh, brighton tottenham uh 1-1 uh which is a, a surprising draw given that tottenham had i mean they're out of the champions league they only had they had that they, they, they had a, an fa cup game coming up against manchester united which was important to them uh, but you know, um, Kane was, claimed the goal. I don't think he scored. <laughs> know, you know, yeah. he, he was playing at the the Sydney Opera at the same time. You know, I told you last week Kane can be everywhere at the same oh, time. Oh, he he has uh, so many things to accomplish. How do you expect him to score for Tottenham? Right? I mean, if he if he, if he scores by claiming, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, it's easy that's enough. How it works. Yeah. yeah, but listen, yo, Tottenham. Um, well, I feel like they had to. They have to win this game. Well, I mean, what do you think about Tottenham throughout this week? Let's let's talk. Let's throw and throw it out there and include the Manchester United game as well. Uh, listen, Tottenham, two games, uh, one defeat, one draw. You can almost say uh, one defeat. You can two also defeats. say two defeats. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, they lose. Because them. because that like the fact that they're in number four uh, in the league table, they're on sixty-eight points, five points ahead of Chelsea. Um, after uh, you know that that very important win against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, actually, uh, they should they should have solidified uh, this position. Obviously, still four four games uh, to go. That's twelve points to be claimed. Yeah, um, and you know five points difference. It's not really secure. So Chelsea can can can. Chelsea has been playing the past two yeah, games. I mean, yes. they can produce something out of nowhere, and all of a sudden Tottenham. Um, finds itself in the first out of position, the Champions you know? League. Oh, the, yeah, exactly. That'll be dramatic. So, so I, I think that was uh, it was a crucial week for Tottenham, and uh, obviously, uh, as always, they were uh, serial chokers. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the FA Cup after, but uh, um, eighth, the eighth uh, consecutive defeat in the FA Cup semi final, I think that says a lot. And also, towards the end of the season. <clears throat> Uh, you know, when you win, you need to win those uh, very important games to solidify your position for next year. You don't really uh, rise to the occasion, so you know. Yeah, I think I think Tottenham they, they <coughs> choke just like Arsenal, but it's a bit different. You know, Arsenal they they start choking early on in February, and then they and then at the end they they end the season really well. Tottenham they play really well for like seventy five percent of the season, and then the the, the last twenty five percent they 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 end up choking. I think. For me, it's more about how Pochettino manages the team. He he really likes like um a, a lot of his key players have been playing a lot of minutes in the Premier League. He doesn't like to do a lot of subs. He doesn't give he doesn't give many chances to 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 um to other players to get some minutes. He he doesn't rest his players. His his um trainings are actually like like players that you know play straight that will you know after any train after every training session they're every training session they're dead for me tottenham the 
they were just mentally and physically tired this this whole week, and it's it's gonna be the same for the for the last couple. Yeah, of weeks. and listen, the, the past couple of weeks we've been talking about um, Tottenham Tottenham's death uh, or lack thereof, actually, because <clears throat> a lot of a lot of managers like Pochettino, you know, we can mention we can mention uh, Pep Guardiola, we can mention freaking uh, Maurizio Sarri, we can mention um, Marcelo Belsa as well. All of these, you know, managers were kind of like very upset, obsessed with the game. Uh, they like to like tinker too much, uh, and they have a certain philosophy that they like to follow. It's very hard for them to even like change players, sub yeah. players, mainly go for the same eleven every week. The difference with um, uh, with uh, Tottenham and other big teams who uh, who do the same thing. Is that, uh, you know, the other teams, they have a lot of players that they can rely on on the bench. Like, they have world-class players on the bench. And uh, if you're in a position uh, where you don't, first of all, you play the same 11. And on top of that, when you actually decide to change, you go out of your way and make some changes. You're bringing people in who have not played for the past five, yeah. six, seven games. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they don't have that same match rhythm. We've seen the same with... Um, uh, Napoli this year in this area, and this is a little bit uh, um, off script, but it's 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 the same. You know, people who have been talking about Napoli and, and uh, Maurizio Sarri this year, and how uh, they should have really. I mean, now it's very tight at the top of the table at the ser- in the Serie A, um, but you can sense that there's a lot of fatigue in the team. Um, you know, Dries Mer- Mertens used to score a lot of goals early on. Now he's not as uh, clinical anymore. Uh, Insigne carrying the team on, you know, but uh, defenders are scoring now. Yeah, Koulibaly. Struggle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Str- str- struggling for goals a little bit, you know. I think they're very tired uh, towards the end of the season. So I think it's the same story for Tottenham. But uh, ultimately, I, th- I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be an important summer for Tottenham. Uh, Do you think um, that, that any, yeah. in, any of the big players are potentially leaving uh, this summer? Or? Well, that's a, that's a topic, right? Like uh, after the after the game uh, against United, when they choked again, um, Deli Ali, you know, came came out to the media, started you know talking, you know, talking smack about the team, basically that it's not acceptable that they uh, you know they always they, they let the, they let their self, their, their selves down, uh, they let the team down. Uh, Harry Kane came out uh, with the same comments actually. Uh, about the fact that you know the players need to, uh, maybe, maybe perhaps it's a mentality problem, and this has been happening before uh, Pochettino. Was, yeah, before was Pochettino was there, before even Harry Kane and Delali yeah, because po- Poch the first team before. Yeah, Poch started in 2014, and uh, before that, you know, I, I guess we had uh, Tim Sherwood, and uh, I don't know, it was a little bit unstable at the time, but basically they've been they've been in those situations. A lot of the times, and they've done the same thing. Yeah. When it matters, they haven't uh, risen to the top, really. So we'll see. We'll see, man. Uh, let, we'll discuss their summer signings. But 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 uh, what I'll say is that Daniel Levy has a lot of important decisions to make. Obviously, uh, financially, it may be a little tough for them uh, because they're working on that new stadium, and yeah. that's why they're playing at Wembley this uh, this year. So it may come to a point, and also Pochettino made some comments as. Uh, um, uh, that that read, you know, it, what he said. It's basically, you know, Tottenham has to uh, start, you know, learning how to mount these challenges and like really surpass these uh, yeah. uh, obstacles because you know, I mean, they, they should have, they should they should start doing it with, him with or me without him, right? or without yeah. another man or, or with another manager. 
So I think that says a lot as well. You know, you could see Pochettino being attracted somewhere else, uh, or you could also see his uh, his players go uh, somewhere else. You know, a lot of those players, those key players, people like uh, Kane, Ali, uh, you know, Dembele, perhaps uh, Eriksen, Lloris, and all that, all, all those guys, they're there because they have a lot of their their belief and trust in the manager is very very big and high. So if that guy's not there anymore, uh, you know, they they could they could they could all be on their horses. <laughs> Yep. All right, let's move on to another London team, uh, Chelsea. They had two... Um, two they, games? Two games. They, they won two games. Uh, finally, when Conte stopped whining and, and, and stopped complaining, they started playing really good. Uh, Giroud is like now the superstar of the team. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, I don't know. You remember at the beginning, like, I mean, obviously he, get, he joined in January, but he didn't start... He didn't... I guess Conte was trying to like you know transition him. Yeah, transition him a little really bit nicely and smoothly into he, the team. I think uh, uh, I think he bought him initially to be uh, to put more pressure on Morata <laughs> and for him to be a super sub. Yeah. Uh, but then Morata did not really get in, into form. No, he likes until the, now. He likes the ground um, too much. And then you know it, it it paid off because I guess I guess Southampton his first goal was amazing. Uh, uh, so yeah, even last week actually, um, you know the whole comeback situation yeah. that we we mentioned last week. Uh, Giroud he fights for every ball, and actually he did something that we've not seen him do ever. Like he he basically took on like what three four defenders. Yeah, I mean he's dribbled. He's, yeah, his goal was amazing, and and the the the, the positive thing is also uh, when Morata came on, he scored. He scored yeah. with that. I think uh, actually I think this team could could play with. Uh, with two with two offensive players with, with two um, strikers um, Giroud and Morata I think both of them will complement each other uh, uh, Giroud is, is, is a guy that likes to play one touch in the box he can actually create lots of different goals for um, for Morata if, if, if both of them play uh, alongside each other I think like a, a really good formation for Chelsea would be uh, you know, four four two, having Azar and William play on the wings, and then have it, and and then play with uh, with Giroud and Morata as well. Yeah, but yeah, uh, good week for uh, for Chelsea overall. Uh, obviously, qualifying for the the FA Cup final against Manchester United. So, man, you you lived a couple of years in Italy, like you speak Italian. My question for you is. Is it normal that Conte is, is it was whining all, all, all these times? Like, does he do the same in Italy? Is that is it is it a different culture? Like, because I don't understand it. I mean, all the all coaches complain. You know, Wenger complains, Mourinho complains, but their complaint is a bit different. They don't like go straight attacking the board. You know, Mourinho complains that Man City pay you know pays defenders the same price as listen. I mean, as strikers. Yo, the, the, Wenger the, complains the other clubs has money and he has a you know a small budget. But the way Conte has been doing it, uh, the, 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 I, mean, the, I don't know, man. It's just a guy coming into a new country and maybe not understanding how things go. Nah, around. nah, nah. I think that you're going a little overboard with it. Like the the, the dynamics are different. The, the, the dynamics are different at every club. Yeah, you you gotta understand. For you to get into Conte's mind, you gotta understand like uh, the dynamics at Chelsea. Chelsea, um, and obviously they, we we spoke about that situation with uh, Michael Aminaldo, uh, who was director of football at uh, well now he's at Monaco, but uh, he used to be at Chelsea for a long time actually. Yeah, and uh, he was very very trusted by uh, by Roman Abramovich. For me, for me, when he left, it's just the the, the board had to had to make a had to make a choice whether either Conte or him. 
and they sacrificed him and left Conte. So so maybe Conte was gonna be a bit more comfortable, but he didn't change. I don't know if so it was. It was a, so for, uh, it seemed like it was deeper than that. I don't know if it was. Uh, I don't know if if that's if it, it was as simple as that. I mean, obviously, maybe Michael Ronaldo just wanted a new challenge. You know, he's been there for a long time, and he saw those tensions. And he was kind of tired of it, so he decided to uh, call it a day. But the other thing is that um, you know Chelsea is a team that. Yo, they, they, they don't keep managers around. They just don't keep managers around. Mind you, Conte is the second like longest-serving uh, Chelsea manager after Mourinho. And Mourinho, had, you know, he came back uh, for a second spell, actually. Um, and, yo, Con- like Chelsea is a team that, sell- that sold Nemanja Matic to, uh, um, to Manchester, to Manchester United, United yeah. like without Conte's approval. And I think that's when the tensions... Uh, started rising up a little bit, you know, and they replaced him with uh, Chemue uh, Bakayoko. I mean, who's been, I don't know where he's been the, the past. Uh, he played this weekend, but, you know. He, yeah, I guess he made his comeback. He came off he, the bench, but. Yeah, yeah, he's been. In and, a, and they've all, like, drink water. They've all, he's been in some basement for the past five months, you know, uh, after replacing Matic, uh, uh, allegedly. But, yo, you know, Chelsea, it's, it's very hard. Roman Abramovich puts managers in a very tough position. I uh, remember that um, uh, Di Matteo won the Champions League and after that he was sacked. But my main point is... Uh, he disappeared, actually. Co- Conte, went to, Conte went to Abramovich, I think, and he told him, yo, look at this league. Times are different. I know we won the league last year. You look around us. City are spending like crazy. United are spending like crazy. Uh, Arsenal, you know, also somewhat spending. You know, Lacazette, Aubameyang, uh, Mkhitaryan, all those guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Chelsea did, uh, like, very weak reinforcements, really. You know, uh, they, they had uh, Antonio Rudiger in, uh, also Timwe Bakayoko, obviously Danny Drinkwater. And, uh, you know, they had to go for Giroud in the, in the middle of the, um, of the season. But R- Roman Abramovich is very, he can be very pragmatic in this sense. Uh, and I know he's been, the, you know, the owner of this club for a while now, but... He somewhat still displays that he doesn't really have a, a proper understanding of like reality, uh, because he will choose just not to spend, even though no, the money is me, there. For me, I think, I think at the beginning he wanted to establish Chelsea as as a, as a big <coughs> team. He he was really excited about buying the team. He was spending a lot, but now I think he's trying to be a little bit more conservative, a little bit more cautious with his money. I don't think he really cares about winning or, 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 or having a, a name for Chelsea anymore because they won the Premier League a couple times. They won the Champions League. They could be smarter if they, they don't want to uh, to uh, spend a lot of money. Well, that's money. the thing. I mean, they're, they're spending a little money to buy a little player. You know, they, 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 they brought Giroud and Barcliffe in January. Uh, they spent some little money in the summer for like Bakayoko, drink water. Um, I, yeah, I think I really think they're trying to be smart. They're trying to spend the minimal am- amount of money and try to make most out of it. They're not really looking to compete with big box and 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 and, and trying to you know and trying to maybe win the Champions League and Premier League. Maybe in in a, in a business sense, that's more profitable for them. Uh, we don't know yet, but we'll see. We'll see how the club will evolve in a couple of years because Cont- I mean during the last two years, it has it hasn't been the same. But also, let's also keep in mind that maybe they're also aware that it's impossible for them to compete <coughs> with somebody like Manchester City. So it's, you know, are, are, are you going to go into a war that you know you're going to lose at the end? You know, they can't really... W- why would they put like 50 and 100 millions for different players 
where, where at the end, you know, Man City can always outbid them. You know what I mean? Well, listen, they're they're gonna have to compete, and and the other the, the competition is not only buying the players. Sometimes it's also uh, keeping your players. You know, you see players like uh, Eden Hazard, Willian. Uh, obviously, they're very loyal to the club, but you know, there there are transfer. I mean, transfer. There are salary negotiations. Uh, you know, we we often hear um, Eden Hazard being you know rumored to going into another team. You know. You, you, you hear Guardiola looking at him. You hear Zidane looking at him. Like, that's the other side of the competition as well. They need to keep their players. Uh, and, you know, luckily, many players are, um, are loyal to, to the team and, and, to, uh, and to Abramovich. But, you know, if, if you keep going like this and you, and you don't compete, you don't really show a true um, uh, sign of ambition. Listen, your team, you might as well close, close, the, the, close the shop and, yeah. and uh, you know, call, call it a day, you know. Forget the team, forget the competition and everything else. Yeah, it's, I mean, this summer is really gonna. I think this summer we, we're we're gonna really want to know if. No, he's gone. He's gone. He went to Abramovich. No, I mean, I, I know he's gone, but for me, is like I'm really gonna know if they, is Chelsea ambitious to win the Premier League or are they content with playing in the Europa League and perhaps trying to fight for like a fourth. A spot in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd love to see that. By the way, yeah. that'll be very entertaining. I think. All right, <laughs> let's move to uh, Liverpool. I think they had only one game, right? This week. yeah, yeah, only one game was from Mo Salah. Mo Salah. So yeah, Mo Salah who scored his thirty-first no goal. No Salah. His thirty-first goal uh, in the Premier League. Uh, I think the, the the record holder is, is 31 goals. 31 also. goals, yeah. Uh, Suarez, Luis Suarez, Cristiano. Yeah. Uh, so Yo, we, by the way, uh, Alan Sher was doing that shit in like 95, 96. Yeah. Yo, what, what the heck? You think it doesn't count or huh? <laughs> you think it doesn't no, count? No, no, no. I'm not saying it doesn't count. I'm saying like he was doing that in 90. I mean, obviously we know he was a prolific uh, striker. Yeah. Uh, but he was doing that like, you know, 25, 20 years ago. Yeah, you know, man. that's that's insane. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was just a, a, a little it. parenthesis. But yeah, big legend for Newcastle. But yeah, Mo Salah uh, keeps uh, beating records. Uh, PFA Player equally. of the Year. Yeah, PFA Player of the Year also. What do you um, think, man? Do you think he, he deserved it or? Of course he deserves it. You know, there's been. What do you think about De Bruyne? Um, I think De Bruyne had a uh, very very amazing season as well. I think he was very I critical. Call, I, call, I would call it a really good season, but it's not an amazing season for me, man. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Because he's, he's not breaking records. Okay, he's, he's not... Pl- you know, listen, he's playing amazingly. Uh, his vision, his touch, his passes are insane, out of this world. But we're first, first, they're out of the Champions League. You well, know, listen, listen. They're not even, they're not even listen, in the semifinal of the Champions League. You're not going to talk about uh, De Bruyne and, like... Breaking records, Man. yo. Some records are more attractive than other records. If Mosala is a guy who scores, we're gonna look at that. If Mosala is the first African player to score X Y Z amount of goals, we're gonna look at that. If you're a midfielder, your 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 um, abilities are not gonna be displayed as much. But listen, I'm no, not. No, no, I'm, but I'm I not, mean, I'm not okay, arguing listen, over but, that. But when when Ozil was breaking records in in assists in assists. A lot of people, a lot of people were bragging and, and, and talking about it. Like, is is a genius? Uh, you know, how look how many assists he has this season. They it's not, well, of course, but it's not only about the records, uh, Karim. It's it's also about uh, about the way somebody's playing, about the way somebody has Actually, really evolved. The, Yo, the, the, him, the him, is, and him and Silva, is, what they've done this year with this city team, and I mean, obviously, you can say that 
De Bruyne had a period where, he, like, when he faded a little bit. It didn't fade, but just when it was complicated, it wouldn't. I mean, but but at the beginning of the, the season, the biggest he was, the biggest team of the no, the biggest game of the season against Liverpool in the Champions League. What, what did he do? Nothing. Listen, I'm not disputing the fact that Mo Salah is not deserving of the the. the no, trophy. because the thing is, you have people like Roberto Martinez saying, "Oh, I'm really shocked." That De Bruyne, well, that of De Bruyne course, he's the manager. Win. He's the manager. Man, shut of up, man! You don't know think about football. What do you mean? I mean, what do you mean? I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Like at least show, at least show the people that you have a brain. <coughs> but you telling me, oh, I'm shocked that uh, De Bruyne did not win Player of the Season. Blah 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 blah. Shut up, man. Shut relax, up. relax, relax, relax. We up. all know. We all know that. Uh, that's why Belgium is is, is gonna. <laughs> we know, it's not we, gonna do anything we, in the World we, Cup, we, man. We know that, they have a manager that thinks like that. We know that Martinez is a fraud, and his teams can't defend really. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's gonna do anything with that Belgian team. Uh, but listen, he's saying what he has to say. You know, he's doing the whole media communication thing. Bro, said, I voted for Salah. There is no Bruno, one else I would vote for. De Bruno is one of his uh, most important players. So he's saying what he has to say. I mean, I don't think you should even like pay attention to those comments. You know, it's just like uh, Guar- Pep Guardiola saying... Oh, uh, De Bruyne should have won. I mean, you know, he's his coach. He has to say no, that. No, but no, That's but it. the thing is, even even Pep didn't didn't say the things that Roberto Martinez has said. Pep said that De Bruyne should have won ahead of Salah. He said yeah, that yeah, but he he didn't say um, I am so shocked. I can't believe it. What's the uh, difference? I don't know, What's man. The difference? It's just it's, there's it's no not, difference for me. You know, it's 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 about how how he said it, how how he seemed like out there's of no this difference. word. Listen, like for I, me, how he seemed like he doesn't understand it. Shut up, man. This is a non-topic for me. And if people said that, and if Pep said that, shut up too, man. What the, what this the is a this is a about? non this is a non. Where was De Bruyne against Liverpool? This is a non-topic for me. A right. non, a completely non-topic. There was no <laughs> suspense or. Or really like thrilled about who was gonna win it. We knew who was gonna win it um, weeks ago now. Like you say, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, he he did an interview with uh, uh, with some journalist. By the way, gracious guy, very classy. Yeah, I mean, uh, very big, honest. Like you I don't mean, see big, yeah, you don't big, see this level of honesty with the uh, football big up players. Big to De Bruyne because yeah 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 very honest. You know, man, said yeah. that he voted for uh, for uh, um, uh, Salah, which shows uh, you know great uh, vulnerability. You know, you don't have to like say that or if you're a little bit insecure and like very competitive at the same time yeah you're not gonna vote against the guy you're running against you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so um you know I, th- I thought that was very class with him actually even going as far as proving that he voted for him uh and not just uh you know yeah. lip service <laughs> so i thought that was very classy from De Bruyne, uh and i think this is good for the league you know i, I think it only pushes them um to do better next year uh i believe that very few people were uh, we're uh, you know expecting Salah to uh, to uh, to blow 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 up like he uh, he did in England this year, um, and obviously you can say you're one of them. Blah blah blah. Come on, man. Uh, I was expecting. You know. Anyway. Uh, so it. I think this is good for the league, and uh, it just means that next year we're gonna have uh, an even more amazing season. Uh, hopefully, a lot more competitive towards the end of the of the season. So. Yep. Yep. All right, man. Uh, two games in the Premier League: Arsenal, Man City. Man City, I, uh, I was surprised that they played with their, they, they didn't really play with their with their like B team. Uh, a, a lot of the players that played along this season started this this game. I think I think they're trying to achieve uh, record breaking numbers. Yeah, they want uh, to points, points and golds and you know five zero against Swansea. And Swansea, by the way, they're they're like fighting to to stay in the Premier League, so it's not like yeah, they they it's not like they they were taking the game very lightly. 
Uh, Arsenal, they, they won 4-1 against, against West Ham. Um, I think the score was, yeah, the score was 1-1 and it wasn't going that well. Uh, but then, you know, the players stepped it up. Yeah, I by know. the way, uh, first game after, um, you know, Wenger yeah, uh, yeah. announced that he uh, yeah, out. out. Yeah, so, yo, it was kind of weird, man. I woke up uh, on Friday morning and, you know, I, 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 you know, I have Bleacher Report on my phone yeah. and I see a notification, Wenger announces exit. I was like, whoa, slow down. <laughs> slow down. You're the yo. one who talked about it two, two episodes ago. You yo, were like, I had to like Wenger is leaving for sure. And I, and I and you thought I mean you you said at that time you think that Allegri is the one who who, who would take over. After yeah him. yeah yeah we we did we did say that in the in the podcast I don't know if it was last week or, the, no, or two yeah, weeks no, ago. It was, uh, yeah I think it was two episodes ago. Well yeah Wenger Wenger out um, and we we said that uh, yeah Wenger out and regardless of uh, uh, if Arsenal wins the the Europa League or not. But um, yeah, it's weird, man. I mean, you know. Well, shut I up. mean, why do you think did? Why do you think they um, they, they declared it right? Like, why do you think they, they they went out publicly at this moment of the season? Yo, um, I think it was a. I think the timing was crucial because they could have waited until the end of the season, you know. Yeah. But you've been seeing uh, the Emirates, you know, the, all the empty empty seats at the stadium. The, the Wenger in, Wenger out, uh, divide amongst the fans. And this has been going on for years, by the way. Um, and I think that, um, you know, they just made a decision to, to uh, announce it right now because they have a very, very important end to the season. Um, they're still in the Europa League, so if they win that, it could put, you know, they could obviously qualify for the Champions League next year since there's no chance uh, of them doing it in the league. And uh, obviously they're going to play against Atletico Madrid this week and the week after. So I think this was a move to galvanize the players because, uh, you know, a lot of them feel responsible for uh, Wenger's exit. So I thought it was uh, actually very, uh, it was very clever from Arsenal to do this, to uh, make the announcement right now. Um, so that the players are motivated to... I don't know, man. I mean... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, <coughs> I, I get your point, you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of players might go out to the field and be like, w w uh, I mean, we have to give like a thousand percent vigorous out. I mean, uh, obviously all the players loves him, uh, love him. I didn't, I didn't even... I don't remember ever a playing talking bad or having, you know, having like... No, no, a, no. A bad relationship with Wenger. Uh, uh, throughout his career, no, no, stand -up guy, stand -up um, he will still guy. go out as, as the only manager to win the Premier to, to go a whole season Premier League without losing the game. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I don't know. I thought it was a really risky move because it might go as you just said. Mm. The, the players might give everything they have and and and, and continue winning games, but it also might backlash where the players start to relax a little bit, maybe start to worry. Maybe actually have a lot of worries of what's gonna happen next season. Are they gonna have a spot in the team or not? Um, I think Arsenal actually declared it at this point so they can have open negotiations with a lot of coaches. Um, I think that opens the door to freely negotiate because I mean they have they have been trying to replace Wenger for the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, they have been trying to find the, the right fit, but uh, I think now it just makes it a hundred percent obvious. That whomever they're gonna negotiate with, he's gonna be the one going coming next year because Wenger is out. Uh, so for me, it was it was more about just opening the doors and be like, hey, you know, we're free next year. All the all the big coaches, you know, uh, we know that PSG are going after big coaches. Maybe Chelsea, maybe will replace Conte as well, which I think is very likely. 
so I think it's Arsenal just trying to step ahead and trying to find a replacement as soon as soon as they can. I mean, I, I think that they could have done that, you know, behind the scenes, and also like uh, if they knew that Wenger was gonna go, they I, I hope I would hope that you know <laughs> they would have done their homework already and start uh, looking for coaches. But yo, you know, shout out to Wenger at the end of the day, three Premier Leagues. Uh, seven FA Cups, uh, finished in the top four, I guess, uh, uh, in his first uh, 20 seasons. So I guess Wenger. I mean, we can we can really we should just really like divide his Arsenal time uh, into you know there's uh, obviously he joined in '96 from Japan. So I think for me, you know, obviously, I mean it's not for me. It's pretty much a fact. Uh, from '96 to '06, that's the first part when he was really really. Um, you know, challenging for for uh, for the league. Uh, you know, playing like a really really tough team, and then uh, the rest. You know, like from 07 to uh, pretty much the present right now. Uh, you know, married in uh, controversies, Wenger in, Wenger out, protest, not really challenging. You know, not spending. You know, obviously the the switch from the Highbury to a Highbury to a Emirates Stadium, uh, which actually tied the club uh, from a financial standpoint. But uh, you know Wenger, when he came um, in the league, you know he he um, he he you know he challenged uh, Fergie yeah, and I United. Mean, it, was, it, it was actually it, it was a big shock at this moment. Yeah, who's this French guy coming to the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean you know this thing, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Ferguson was already dominating uh, uh, the Premier League with United, and uh, Wenger just came in and he you know everybody said yeah who's this random French French guy. Who do, the, who do the, you think the, the paper said uh, Arsene who and you know yeah. Wenger came in yo he uh, he you know somehow he somewhat uh, revolutionized um, the English game uh, you know whether it's the training methods uh, or the diet you know like yo a lot of the players back then they were like drinking before games uh, their diet was awful really they're eating you know uh, pies and you know the the, the, the diet, uh, like the, there's no discipline whatsoever around diet, you know, obviously we're talking about England as well, uh, big culture around uh, beer and football, you know, that's it's pretty much a complimentary uh, uh, product. Yeah. So he came on and like uh, really uh, revolutionized that side of the game, uh, turned, prof- uh, he, he pushed pr- uh, players to become more professional uh, and to be more dedicated to the game. And so, you know, he, he started challenging um, uh, United and Ferguson. I think, actually, that was, like, one of the battles, right, with uh, like within the Premier League, uh, Ferguson against uh, uh, Arsene Wenger. I think they pushed each other. Uh, you know, United had started dominating, and I think that, you know, Wenger came in, you know, a new guy in town yeah. and, uh, you know, started winning. So, Fergie had to, like, look back and be like, yo, we really got to work, uh, uh, you know, to overcome this. So, I think it was, like, it was really amazing for the Premier League. Uh, how these two, uh, you know, basically historic managers pushed each other, and obviously the only ones who stay for you know over 20 years at um, uh, at a club, um, you know, in the top flight. So I don't know, man. It's who uh, do you think? Who do you think is the best replacement for him, or who do you think Arsenal is gonna go with? Who do I think? So uh, even Gazidis, the CEO of Arsenal, he, uh, you know, he basically uh, at a, you know, he held a press conference um, that that same Friday when. Uh, the website announced the club uh, announced that uh, Arsenal would um, uh, would step aside at the end of the season, and I yeah, think but I, I think they were looking at three three uh, they have two, three criteria here uh, that he mentioned: progressive and exciting football, uh, good representative of the club, and also integration of young players. Based on this, 
obviously we've heard about a lot of candidates. We hear about uh, Joachim Love. We heard about uh, Max Allegri. We heard about um, uh, Thomas Tuchel. Luis Enrique. Uh, we heard about Luis Enrique. We heard about uh, Ancelotti. Ancelotti also. You know, people are even throwing uh, Rafa Benitez in the hat. <laughs> uh, but what I saw, um, I saw on Sky Sport today actually. Uh, that even Gazidis uh, is is maybe looking at uh, Mikel Arteta, you know, Mikel Arteta obviously uh, he's played with uh, Arsenal for a couple of years um, when Wenger couldn't really spend, so he was just uh, recycling uh, old players uh, uh, in the in the league. And uh, yo, uh, Arteta, I guess he's been working on his coaching. He's been working with uh, Guardiola also for the past two years. Uh, we know that people who um, you know people who are true students of the game. They like to be uh, under figures such as, you know, Guardiola, Bielsa, and things like that. <coughs> and uh, they like to, you know, be in their team, you know, in the backroom staff just to see, like, how, uh, you know, how, how you manage a team, you know, the, day, the day-to-day um, uh, experiences, you know. Uh, so, I don't know. I think he's done his time a little bit. I don't know if it's too early for him, but I know for a fact that they're looking at him. And, um, you know, it will all depend if uh, they're looking, what are their goals really, you know? Are they looking to stabilize the team? Are they looking long-term? Are they looking short-term? All of that will depend, you know? For me, man, it's, uh, it will be crazy to go with Arteta. It will be, like, absolutely nuts. It's true that the guy has been working under Guardiola for the past two years, but come on, like, taking Arsenal from where they are right now, I think it takes a lot of experience. Uh, <coughs> the best candidate that I would see taking Arsenal and maybe you know um, can coach them for like the coming couple of years. Don't the only guy I see that fits right now is Ancelotti, because w- w- whether you take Luis Enrique, whether it, w- whether you take uh, Tuchel, whether you take um, Arteta or Thierry Henry, um, a lot. I mean, a lot of those coaches do not have the history that Ancelotti has. Don't have the experience that Ancelotti has with all these clubs, and I really think that to you know taking the club right now after 20 plus years, uh, I mean Manchester United have tried it; they, they have taken Moyes and and and, and look how how they look. Um, I think I, th- I, th- I think really it's somebody who's who's really it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same, but I mean Moyes. Who I mean also United. What, what, you, what you, history you, did, did you, he have with big? I mean, what history did he have? Did we did he have with big clubs? Oh no, of course, of course. Yeah, I agree totally on that pers- from that perspective. But what I'm saying is, Arsenal and United are in a very different position. Like Fergie left on a high. He was winning. Uh, there was no like controversy around him and the team. Uh, so I think for Arsenal, yeah, but it's, it's but, but the team sucked. I mean, uh, <laughs> I know he was winning, but yeah. I mean, what players did Manchester United have? Well, that was Ferguson's genius, right? That but, was him but that's winning. That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. I I think Arsenal right now they have a lot of talents. Their team yeah, is they amazing. Yeah, have a lot of great players. Their team yeah. is amazing, which makes it a little bit different. So now they they just need like a coach with experience uh, that could possibly possibly guide them in, in in the coming you know year or two. I don't I don't know if it'll be Ancelotti. I know that uh, you know. Van- I, don't no, Ars- they, the I, Arsenal, I don't think they're gonna go with him, but Arsenal, for the, me, he, the, he's the best fit right now. The Arsenal board have been working, I guess, for the past year, fifteen months, or two two years. They've been working on you know a post Wenger era. Uh, we know that they've started hiring some people in the backroom staff. Uh, we know that uh, Raul Sam Samlehi um, has joined as a director of football, uh, football relations. Sorry. 
which is basically a director of football. You know, I mean, it's not. It's just a title that changes. But uh, remember that, yo, Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal. Uh, Arsene Wenger used to like clown these positions. Like, oh yeah, you know, I've been here for uh, <laughs> decades. Why do I need a director of football for? Uh, you know, I, I believe that as a manager, you need total control um, from a footballing point of view to uh, to uh, really be a success. So obviously Ferguson was saying the same thing as well. These are people who rely on. It's a the, trend also that a lot of Premier League teams have been. Yeah, these are guys who you trying know. Trying to adapt. Like the times were different back then. You know, they were not. They they really didn't need uh, posi- such positions uh, as managers. They're wearing a lot of hats. Uh, but you know, times are different, and uh, Arsen, Arsenal has been working on this for uh, two years now. So they brought in this guy who used to work at Barcelona before. So that's where the ties with uh, Luis Enrique are. And obviously, we've heard that Luis Enrique could go either at Chelsea or Arsenal. But I think the fact that, you know, there's this Raul uh, Sanlehi guy uh, who has ties with Barcelona and was there when uh, Luis Enrique was there and won, also won a Champions League. Yeah. I think that puts them in a good position. The only thing is that I'm sure that Enrique will ask for, you know, a sizable uh, uh, financial package. So that'll be Arsenal's decision to make. But what I know is that. There's this guy, and the other guy is uh, Sven Mislintat, uh, uh, who uh, joined as the head of recruitment uh, and was previously as Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, let the record show, actually, that these are the two guys that ultimately pushed um, Wenger outside of the picture. You know, Wenger did not resign, guys. Wenger was <laughs> pushed. He was forced to resign. Uh, I think he was put in the position... Uh, where you know he wasn't really calling a lot of the shots anymore. We know that recently Arsenal signed uh, a Greek player. I think his name is uh, Mavro Mavropanos, Mavropanos, something like that. Uh, sorry for butchering his name, but this is mm-hmm. the yo. I, I read that this is the first player that has joined Arsenal, and uh, for which like Arsene Wenger has not even been yeah. uh, been involved in the process. Like he barely knows the player. He's barely seen him. Yeah. Playing, so this was like, this was just this just goes to show that he was in a position, you know, he either had to stay with the team, but accept his new position, uh, which was going to be very diminished, obviously, yeah, or just um, you know the pride that he has, everything that he's accomplished with Arsenal, I guess, just you know pack his bags and uh, get the fuck out. So, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be exciting for sure. I know that a lot of Arsenal fans are excited. The, the players are excited also. This is the thing, though. It's the, the, uh, this is when the unknown is actually exciting. Um, it's the first time that you're looking for a coach in 22 years. That's exciting. You know, it's, it's going to be exciting for them in the summer. Everybody's going to be tuning in to like see what are the developments, who's going to come in, what players are going to come in, uh, who's going to go out, you know, which coach are they talking to. So I think all of this will be very exciting. And I, I think, think it'll be. It, I think it'll bring a new life. Uh, um, I think. I mean, listen. I think. I. I, I believe. Yeah. As you said, <laughs> they might be excited, but they're gonna be excited for a couple of days, and then it's gonna be a nightmare, man. Well, because... listen. As a United fan, I can only hope that it, it <laughs> is. But you know, these are the facts. So. All right. <laughs> All right, man. So, what do you think about Manchester United and Tottenham? I think that's. But that was the biggest game this week, and. Uh... Yeah, that was the biggest game. Listen, I mean, I think that. Obviously, Tottenham started the game uh, wonderfully. Uh, Ali and Eriksen were, were, were really shining uh, from the beginning. Um, and we know that Ali normally plays um, behind Kane as a, you know, basically as a number 10. And um, 
he stays actually close to Kane uh, because what that does is that it forces one of the center backs to advance uh, and for potentially Kane to be in a one on one versus one position yeah. uh, situation. Sorry, uh, against the other center back. So I what I saw is that. Um, from the beginning of the game, they were actually changing these positions a lot to confuse the Manchester United defenders. Sometimes Kane uh, is the guy who was behind uh, Dele Alli and the other. They, they switch positions a lot. Actually, they were switching like Dele Alli, Kane, yeah. Eriksen. The first, the first goal that that uh, the, the the goal that Dele Alli scored, Kane was in the number ten position back then. Yeah, and Ali uh, ran into that channel and you know basically acted as a as a as a number nine. So. Um, also, yeah, changing positions to uh, confuse the, the players. Um, and I think right after that, Herrera started marking um, Dele Alli. Uh, Matic was on Dembele. Pogba was on Dyer. Um, but this means that, you know, Ericsson obviously was playing on the wing on paper, but he was drifting a lot inside the spaces. And uh, every, every other Tottenham, you know, midfield player had a, had a, had a United player marking them. Uh, but he was just let like he was free and had a lot of spaces. I don't know how uh, we allowed that to happen in the beginning, but uh, he was playing on the right but drifting a lot inside. So basically unmarked inside, and uh, Trippier was playing um, uh, very high forward. So this confused the United, and this is how the first goal was scored when uh, Ashley Young was amazingly out of position, uh, and Sanchez uh, just threw a long ball. Uh, Pogba sort of dangerous, but I think it was too late, and he couldn't really track back on time. Uh, in time, sorry, and you know, Kay, um, Eriksen just uh, sends that that ball in the middle, and uh, and that's how they scored. Uh, but I think that they just lost concentration um, very early on, and um, United had a, a shape that looked like four two three um, one. Um, Matic and Era was like were like uh, in front of the defense, uh, sitting back a little bit. And um, and uh, Sanchez and Lingard were on the wings, but but really close to Lukaku. Um, and I, I guess this was to give um, uh, Valencia and Ashley Young uh, spaces on the wide areas for them to um, to get forward and, and send a lot of crosses inside the box. Um, but uh, but yeah, a lot of the times also Pogba was was uh, just going forward uh, while Matic and Era was sitting back. And Pogba moved move forward actually in between Lingard and um, and um, um, Alexis Sanchez. And uh, when he was allowed to go forward like this, uh, Tottenham did not have a lot of time um, to work on their build up build up play. And this is how uh, Dembele lost possession against Pogba when uh, when uh, when when uh, he sent that that cross to Alexis Sanchez. Yo. Not a lot of guys can take the ball of Dembele. I mean, this yeah, guy. Yeah, but I was. He's a big guy. I, I mean, listen, uh, Dembele did not. He, did, this whole game, he wasn't really into it. Even no, he really wasn't into he, it. He, he had a day. He, he had an really up day. It. Even the second goal. Uh, I mean, when Herrera just you know made basically Pochettino, like a. Pochettino, I think he he took lots of time to take him out of the field. He he should have taken him uh, earlier. much earlier. Yeah, yeah. But but Wanyama for, Wanyama should have should have come. Should have played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for for me actually, Tottenham. They were they played the first 20, <coughs> mi- 20 minutes, you know, it, it, it was um, semi-final, they were excited, uh, they wanted to prove that, you know, they, they were also um, confident because they have won the, the first game, the, I mean, the last game against Manchester United, but the, the, whole, the, the team as a whole was really just exhausted, 
I, I mean, I would, I would actually do not. I do not give a lot of credit for Manchester United to win. I haven't seen anything uh, tremendous from Manchester United to deserve a win. For me, it was more about Tottenham giving up, about Tottenham not capable of thinking, finding solutions, and playing. It's, it's more about Tottenham being just exhausted um, after the 20 minutes, or, 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 or like more, more precisely after Manchester United have scored the goal. Um, Pogba, if. I mean, the, the, the first goal of Tottenham, it shows the kind of role that Mourinho tries to give Pogba. Mm-hmm. I mean, why do you want him to track 50 yards uh, to go chase uh, uh, other players? And I, and I think that's one of the reasons why every time Mourinho is taking off Pogba, because he wants him to, do, to play this role mm-hmm. defensively. And then at the same time... Uh, uh, and then at the same time, when it comes to for him to find the solutions offensively, he's obviously exhausted. Um, I think that his pass to Chancez was was genius. Oh my god! The, the last and that, the and last that, the that last header. couple games the last couple games of Pogba really showed the amount of talent that he has. Yeah, both Sanchez and Pogba actually. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, Sanchez ha- uh, has been playing yeah really well uh, the, uh, the last couple games as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. This game was well. Two teams really poor. Uh, I, I wasn't impressed, and then at the end, you know, just Manchester United had more personality, had more character. Uh, their players, physically, I think they were much, much better off. Uh, the key players of Tottenham, they have playing lots of minutes in the Premier League. Uh, I think Pochettino, he really has to re-examine his philosophy. Maybe trying to build his bench. Maybe try to rest his players a bit more. Uh, when a player is not, I mean, as as we said before, a lot of times he doesn't like to do a lot of subs. He he really likes to let his players find the solutions in the game, even if they're losing, uh, and that's what made him take them barely way late in the game. So um, listen, this uh, this was easy for United. Obviously, Tottenham started. Um, uh, started strongly, you know, the first uh, 15, 20 minutes, and then you know United basically scored, and uh, and uh, United were being dominated in the first 20 minutes in the midfield, and then they overturned the situation and started dominating Tottenham, and uh, and scored two goals. But this is what I told you last week when we were talking about the preview for this game, uh, when you were saying that you know you foresee Tottenham. Yeah, winning. I mean, I, I I really saw Tottenham just no. dominating Manchester United, but. Yo, they were lucky. I mean, listen. We can, we can talk about the whole, oh, Mourinho's dead. His I mean, methods are dead, whatever. No, it's not, but these... It's, it's yo, not about that. It's these a, it's, moments... It's, no, but Pochettino is really superior to Mourinho throughout the, throughout the year or, or, or just, just the way... How throughout the year? Team. And that's why he's ahead of uh, Mourinho in the league? No, because, I mean, they don't have the same budget. You, you have 100 million... <laughs> you, have 100, you have one player that nearly, I think, he costed more than the whole Tottenham team. Okay, what about the Tottenham players? What's up with the Tottenham players? Man? Who, who do they have? Harry Kane. Harry Kane. He doesn't. Dele Alli. Eriksen. Oh come on! <laughs> See, this is what this is what. No, but no, but this the is what the media you, you does. Can, no, no, but you when cannot they... you not you cannot compare the nah. squad of Manchester United to the. I mean, Manchester United has a, a way more deep squad than Tottenham. Okay. Uh, their players are cost. I mean, their play, Honestly, the, the players of Manchester United are, are more brilliant than Tottenham. It's just that they have a manager that don't know what was he's doing anymore. He's too old to, to, to come up with solutions. And that's why that's why you might think you might think oh that Deli Ali uh, is better uh, oh the Deli Ali is better than all the Manchester United players. That's why you might think 
that Dembele is better than all the Manchester United players. No, it's just because Pochettino is a genius. That's why you would think this. And Mourinho is 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 you know at the end of his. Listen, era. I love Pochettino. I think he's a brilliant manager, and I think he's destined for great things. But this is what the media does. When they lose, we find a very comfortable like <laughs> situation for them. Oh, they don't have a big budget. Oh, you no, know, I mean, no, no, they, no. they don't they don't spend, you know. I'm not saying. Yeah, 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 listen, listen, listen. No, no. They don't spend. Okay, 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 okay. no, no. But 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 let's if not, they want, let's not talk, let's if not they talk. want, no, the story will be let's 360 not talk. No, different. No, no, I mean, I'm uh, I'm not talking about. Okay, let's not talk about if they spend or not. If, if the the whole 11 players of Manchester United and if you see the whole 11 players of Manchester United and the whole 11 players of Tottenham, Manchester United has a lot more brilliant players than Tottenham. Period. Yeah, what you said, I called you out, what you said is that Tottenham has had a more fantastic season than United. That's what you said. That, factually, is just not true. You can say that Tottenham tends to play more exciting football, sure, but you need to win. This is a no, game I think, where I think you need the, to win. No, and this is one... What, what I'm saying, okay, what, I, what, what I'm saying is giving their squad what they have achieved, okay, is more... Uh, what they have, what Pochettino have achieved with his squad, uh, is 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 more respectful or is is more of an achievement than what Mourinho has achieved with with Manchester. I think United. it should be. I think it should be further than he is. I think the past four years he should have done better than he did. No, I think with, he's with doing way he way better than no, anybody expected. No. And that's why. I and that, no, I, I think <laughs> I think I think you're saying this just because he changed he changed your perception and now for you, oh my God, Tottenham has. Has to compete and be like a big team. No, of course they do. No, they don't. They they do. No, that I mean, they... Tottenham, Tottenham could be ahead uh, of, uh, of Liverpool. No, they're not ahead of Liverpool because they have Pochettino. <laughs> that's why. That's that's the only reason. It's not because they have been spending the money. It's not because uh, they have lots of players that they bring for millions of dollars. They have a similar squad. They have a similar squad. It's, yeah, but it's, you can say that now. The they value have of... a similar squad is because Pochettino has built the squad. For you to be able I'm, to I'm, say, I'm oh, saying, they have a similar squad. I'm saying Liverpool and United, if you compare the players, Liverpool and Tottenham, they have a similar squad. No, like, no, no. I mean, I mean, Liverpool, not really. Because when, really when you talk about Mo Salah, when you talk about Mo Salah, you cannot talk about his value, the way that the value has increased this year. Yeah, but okay. You have to disregard that okay, 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 for okay. this specific conversation. No, yeah, but he, he wasn't cheap as well. He wasn't that cheap. Yeah, 30. Van Dijk wasn't that. No, no. They bought him for like, what, 38 million, uh, 32 million plus 8 million bonuses. So let's say 40 million or, or, or I think 42 million pounds, which is like 50 million dollars. But does Tottenham ever spend this on any player? No, Van Dijk, seventy-five million. Tottenham can spend, but their 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 uh, their their owner doesn't like to spend that much. We know the owner, Daniel Levy. You know, shout out to that guy. All right, whatever, <laughs> man. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, okay, yeah. <coughs> tomorrow, big game, huh? Liverpool, Roma. Yeah. Salah is, you know, going back home. Well, going back to his old home. No, actually, the game is in Liverpool tomorrow. Right? Yeah, I know, but I mean, he's he's, he's playing against. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but next week he'll be going back to the Stadio Olimpico. You know, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, what's your expectations for the for the game uh, in terms of uh, maybe the score or the way Roma is going to play or how? I'll, Liverpool I'll, I'll just talk about. I'll talk about Roma for this specific, um, and then you can talk about Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Roma, I think, has had actually a, a fantastic season. Uh, as far as the Champions League goes, not not necessarily the the Serie A. 
Um, and I was discussing they started this. really well and then they yeah I was, I was discussing this with my buddy actually earlier um, yo they've, they've done they've done you know great things in the in the Champions League they've beaten team like uh, teams like Chelsea 3-0 uh, obviously what they did against Barcelona as well and yeah, but Chelsea is an Europa League team yeah that's no, true I'm kidding. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's they true. weren't they weren't at the beginning but of I, the I, I will not mention <laughs> the 3-0 against Barcelona as well I'll, I'll, I'll also mention the 4-1 uh, when they lost against Barcelona because the display was great <coughs> um, and this is what we talked about uh, um, in the podcast pre- in the podcast previously yeah um, that they had they just like had amazing concentration uh, the organization is very very uh, good so I think that tomorrow Liverpool, um, Roma needs to like really really give a game to Liverpool uh, they have a, a tall powerful striker in Zeko that could cause a uh, <laughs> Uh, a lot of trouble to the um, um, to the Liverpool defense, and also let's not forget players like uh, Nangolan and Sheik, uh, who tend to play in between the lines, right behind Zeko, and they tend to give a lot of problems to the to both the defenders and the midfielders. Um, so listen, I think that Liverpool, uh, I think that Roma should try to score at least one goal away from home. I think they're in a good position. The fact that uh, they're playing at home uh, for the second and last leg. And uh, if they manage to, you know, somewhat, somewhat draw, like a goal-scoring draw yeah. um, at Liverpool, which would be kind of complicated, you know, because of uh, Liverpool's position and uh, strength this year, um, especially because they're playing at home. So uh, it'll be a very, very uh, hot European night. But um, I think that Roma will put themselves in a good position if they score at least one goal and try not to lose um, by more than one goal if yeah. they do lose yeah, but yeah. Um, obviously I'm, I'm rooting for Roma on this one so for me man this no. game is uh, I think Roma the way they played against Barcelona and if they continue to play like like this against Liverpool it's going to be the perfect opponent for for, for, for Liverpool um, for me it's, it's going to be a really open game I really expect Roma to go at Liverpool the way they went at, at Barcelona they're going to try to do high, you know, a high pressure uh, trying to get position of the ball, trying to, <laughs> trying to create some chances, be organized. Um, I mean, they have been really tremendous against Barcelona. The, the team organization is just crazy. Uh, but I think Liverpool brings the same strength as well. But the difference is Mo Salah, Mane, Firmino, uh, you know, against who like uh, Zeko and Chic. Uh, so yeah, I, I expect the game to be a very open game. It's gonna depend on who's gonna be able to be critical in front of the goal. Yeah. Um, I really expect Liverpool to have a couple, you know, have more than one chances, and I, I really expect Salah to just, you know, finish fin- finish a couple chances. Um, I really hope, uh, you know, I I really hope that we we see like two big teams go at it, two offensive offensive minded teams uh, go at it, and. And I think Liverpool are, are, are gonna pull it off just, just like they did against Man City. Uh, they really they really like to play against players who uh, against teams who, who press high, who go on the offensive because they can they, they, they have this, the speed to just kill you with, with one counter attack. Um, so yeah man uh, I think and, and I think the way Liverpool has been has been strong uh, defensively is really is, is really gonna annoy Roma and and yeah, I think I think I think Liverpool are going to be able to go with a clean sheet and score a couple goals. The other game is Bayern Munich Real Forza, Madrid. Forza Roma. Uh, <laughs> Bayern Munich Real Madrid. Yo, I think that Real Madrid. Um, I don't know. <coughs> so this is a, a little bit of a tricky one here because uh, people, you know, 
have kind of like ruled out Bayern Munich because of uh, their performance against uh, Sevilla. Sevilla. Uh, and also, I don't know, you could also say that maybe they're at the end of the cycle, really. They brought in um, interim manager and Jupp Enkes, who obviously knows the team and the administration very, very well. Uh, but then they have players like uh, Robin and Ribery, who are kind of like on the end of uh, of um, um, of their you know their days at the highest level. Uh, but the other key factor is that uh, Arturo Vidal is not going to be playing. You know, he uh, I think he had a surgery, and uh, he's just basically out for the rest of the season. So he's not going to be playing for this game or the return leg. Um, I, I I foresee Madrid to. Uh, uh, to really go for this one, you know, it's all over for them. Uh, the first game is at Munich too, huh? so so this this game yeah. tomorrow, this game on Wednesday is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I foresee them to. Uh, I think that Madrid will come out with a with a win. Uh, but what's for sure is that we're going to see a very very entertaining game. So looking forward to that. I don't know. I don't know because I I expect really this game to be <coughs> the less exciting of the two games. I really think that. The, 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 I mean, Bayern Munich and Real Madrid has been really weird. I mean, Real Madrid just just equalized uh, Atletico this this uh, Atletico Bilbao this weekend. Um, maybe maybe Bayern will be looking for a, a revenge from uh, from last year, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if 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 no referee helps Real Madrid, maybe. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, for me, this game, I I think I think we're gonna see two teams. That they are going to struggle a bit to find solutions. I don't think it's gonna be that exciting as the Liverpool and Roma game. I think we, I mean, for me, it's gonna be a draw, and then yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's, we'll see the second game in, in, in Madrid how it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you everyone. I think that's that's the end of this episode. Yeah, uh, end of the episode. Obviously, um, you know, stay tuned. Um, follow us on Twitter, Soccer Life Pod. Same thing for Instagram, and uh, we'll be reviewing um, uh, the the you know obviously the the games uh, during the Premier, for the Premier League uh, during the weekend, as well as the games tomorrow and Wednesday for the Champions League. So uh, stay tuned and uh, thank yep. you for listening. Yep. So yeah, next week expect us to have really a really a deep analysis of the Champions League games. So stay tuned. Uh, thank you for the support. You know, please leave us some reviews, uh, yeah. comments, send us a DM message. We want to know what you think, what you, what you want to hear during this podcast, and yeah, don't forget know. to subscribe also. Um, and on our Instagram account now, it's, it's been turned to a uh, business profile. Uh, this is what Instagram does. <laughs> so you can you can also um, if you want to send us an email, and if you know if you want to discuss other topics that you want to hear from us, so you can also uh, just press on that button. Uh, that will open your email and you can just send us an email um, if you would like to. Yup, yup. All right, man. Thank, thank you everyone for tuning in and uh, that's it for today. Peace, Peace out.